0: The dream economy is here. Are you coming? Welcome. My name is Katherine Morrison. And as I've coached countless online entrepreneurs into six, multiple six figure and half million dollar businesses, I've learned a lot. One of the main things is that I'm not just here to help you create a high quantity of money. It's actually pretty easy. I'm here to help you do that through the highest quality money imaginable. That means activating and amplifying your unique frequency, to take your being and form it into a magnetic, sharply differentiated brand that has clients dropping in out of the sky, salivating to work with you specifically, not someone who does that thing you do. I'm here to help you open the channel for the creation that wants to come through you, where growing your business and building demand comes from razor sharp business precision, and business growth is always tied to an expansion of your pleasure expanding your mind and your nervous system to create more, receive more, and be bigger in visibility and impact in the world than your rational mind ever imagined possible. This isn't matrix business building. It's business building through soul ascension. This isn't just business coaching. This is the timeline to your destiny. Are you ready to play? Welcome to the Ascension through Entrepreneurship podcast. Let's get started. Hello, hello, soul family. Applications are officially open for the November class of the Words Are Wands Mastermind. And I cannot wait to see this group light up the online space to connect with more clients, call them in more quickly, and have them coming ready to buy rather than sitting on the fence for a long time or asking lots of questions. And today, we are going to get into it. Because one of the things you heard me and Heather double-click into last week, if you listen to that interview, if not, go back and listen. It's so good. If you caught that episode, and something I've noticed is a pretty common thread among both myself and my clients making a lot of money, which is that not all of us, like not all of my friends, but there's some of us that we have very quiet audiences, but very hungry buyers. They don't like, they don't comment, but they love to buy. And I actually was just recently showing my house manager the social media account of one of my clients who makes multiple six figures as a health coach. And every one of her posts had like one or two likes on it, and she's making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And I was showing this to my house manager because she's starting her own business as a nutritionist. And she has just had thoughts on like what, quote unquote, lack of engagement meant on her stuff. And, And actually, I was then just coaching someone in the accelerator today with this same thought around, quote unquote, how her stuff was performing. Okay. So let's talk about what performance means, right? likes do not equal sales comments do not equal sales sales equal sales <laughs> do you see how that works right so when you're wondering how something is quote unquote performing it, it's just really interesting where so many people go wrong is they start trying to create content that gets likes and comments versus content that creates clients right I have clients in multiple six-figure businesses with like one or two likes per post because likes do not equal sales. Do the math. Sales are what equal sales. And that is if we have a business, that is what performance is, right? It's like how many clients are we creating with our current efforts? So we are going to dive deep into that today. But before we head there, I wanted to quickly answer a handful of questions I've gotten around joining the mastermind. Number one, can I join Words or Wands if I have not gone through the brand Alchemy Accelerator? Now, of course, yes. You can apply to Words or Wands without being in the Accelerator, but I just want to double click into the results that people create inside of the Brand Alchemy Accelerator. So you can just like make sure you're like, oh, I have those results. So I'm ready for Words or Wands, right? Because Words or Wands is like step two, and we just want to make sure that you have step one filled in before you come in to start working on your messaging, right? So people in the accelerator become very comfortable being seen and marketing and taking up space online. Like they're showing up consistently and marketing and offering their services, okay? You might have... There's some people that come into Words and Wands that like they're not making as many offers as they would like to, but they are taking up enough space and showing up enough that they are creating clients, right? Um, Another thing, people in the accelerator come in to get really strong self belief like they stop spinning in their heads all the time questioning if they're any good if they should even be doing this like that they're they're feeling doesn't mean that they're they're still humans right but they're feeling a general sense of self confidence in themselves and their unique offerings for the world right they understand that there's something unique they bring to the marketplace Um, People in the accelerator get to a point where if people say no to their offer, they no longer take it as a personal attack. And people in the accelerator become comfortable standing out and being seen online. So like having a different opinion than other people in their industry or having a different energy or philosophy than is normal for the thing they do. They're comfortable standing out from the crowd and being differentiated to their buyers. And I just wanted to go through, those are the results that people coming into the brand Alchemy Accelerator create. So you can get a sense of like, yeah, yeah, I've got those things. I haven't been through the accelerator, but I can check, check, check those, right? Because we just want to make sure if you're at a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like scared to show up and market myself online. And so I like, I push myself to post and then I hide for a while. If that's where you're at, then it's not a problem, but Words or Wands Mastermind is not for you. You would want to start in the accelerator because you can see how step one of all the results you're creating inside of the accelerator really set you up to thrive inside of Words or Wands, yeah? So no problem if you're not inside of the accelerator, but you just want to make sure you're like, no, 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 no. I'm totally showing up. I'm marketing. I'm comfortable in myself. I love what I do. I just want to get better at connecting with clients. Then yes, you are a perfect person to come in to Words or Wands, Okay. So in fact, let's do this. Here's a checklist, just a few ways to know of whether or not words or wands is for sure your next best step, okay? If you know the work you do is powerful and meaningful and the current people working with you, they really love working with you. They, gi- they give you that feedback. They're grateful f- working with you. And you know, you're like, oh my gosh, if I could just get this into the hands of more people... And it's just feeling kind of frustrating because it feels like there's a broken link between having that, like, you know, there's people out there watching you, they're out there reading your stuff, but it's like, there's just this broken link of them really getting the value of understanding the benefits of hiring you right now. And so it feels like to you, it feels like you have a lot of fence sitters, right? And you're just like, oh, like I know what I do is meaningful. I know what I do is valuable. And I just want to be able to message in a way that connects with those people that I know actually could really benefit from working with me. And I'm just not communicating in a way that's allowing them to see that value, right? That's basically the overall who is like 100% words or wands is your next best step. And so many of that, many of those masterminders, they're people coming in, are solopreneurs that are really dialing in the messaging to go from like they're really just maybe it's their first offer, right? They're in that first $100,000. Some people, about half the room is like over the first $100,000, but it's in that range, right? And they're going from creating clients from their brand, right? Like people just love them. They want to work with them specifically. They come through word of mouth and referrals, right? Because word of mouth and referrals, that's brand reputation, right? So they're wanting to go from creating clients from their brand to creating clients through the words they are saying in their content. And this is so important because let's be real, y'all. If you're going to spend time creating content, you might as well learn messaging so that you make sure that content is creating clients. But this mastermind is also for more seasoned entrepreneurs who maybe you've been doing, like you've had a business, it's been successful, you've had offers, but there's something that you're really wanting to put out into the world and you know it's awesome, but you're you're putting this, it's like this one offer, this one thing that you're wanting to do. And you're like, man, it's just not selling with as much ease to my audience, and it's like, man, it just feels like there's like, it's just not clicking. Like I I haven't quite figured out how to communicate so that people that are here that I know that this could benefit, they just aren't registering the value of it, right? So you could come in as a more seasoned entrepreneur to just clear that block within a specific part of your business. And those are just like, if, if you heard yourself in that, that's like this mastermind is a total no-brainer, like 100% your next step and also there's so many things where it's like if you just feel the desire, right? I loved actually for Heather when she was in the accelerator, she was like it was just intuitive. I just knew there was like another skill set I was wanting to build inside of my business. Um that is also a beautiful reason to decide because messaging for the rest of your entrepreneurial career will be the lifeblood of your sales. So if you're like, if there's a little thing for you where you're like, I just want to make sure it's a great fit and I'm like, you have a specific question about where you are in your business, totally just reach out to us at support at and we will be more than happy to help you. And if you heard all this and you're just like, listen, listen I've been ready. Where do I apply? <laughs> just head to www.katherinemoresoncoaching.com forward slash messaging. Okay. On with the show. Let's talk about hungry buyers and quiet audiences. I have so much to say about this because I see a lot of successful entrepreneurs in the online space talk about how you need an engaged audience to make money. And while that's true... I just really want to challenge today what we all think it means when someone is quote unquote engaged, right, in your audience. And first of all, if you recall recently, we talked about how in the beginning, you don't even need an audience to create clients. You just need humans that you're connected to that could benefit from the thing you're selling and want to buy it. That's it. You don't even need an audience. So that's point number one. But this episode is going to be for people who actually either they want to grow their own audience, or they currently have, maybe you're even just posting to your own group of friends on social media, and you think something is wrong when people aren't liking or commenting, okay? But someone liking your post, like pushing the thumbs up or the heart button, actually has no correlation to whether or not they buy Someone commenting on your post actually has no correlation to whether or not they buy. And listen, I had a beginner baby business too at one point. And you know who was liking all my stuff? My mom and my Aunt Elizabeth. (laughs) They were never going to buy from me, but they were liking my stuff, right? And what's so funny is that my background is in ad tech. So I was the director of business development at an ad tech company during a time where I helped it scale from $12 million to $141 million per year, okay? So in that role as the director of business development in a company over that period of massive growth, the way that we did that, what my company did that I used to work for, we oversaw tremendously large ad spends to the tune of that much revenue, right, per year for big brands. And the way that we were getting those media buys is we were recruiting some of the best data scientists and machine learning folks into our company. We had like a direct line to the best math grads. I remember, I I forget who it was who was in the company, but he had gone to Case Western. And if you know anything, like Case Western is known for like a handful of things and their math department was very strong. And we had like a direct line, like what, who are all the grads coming out of Case Western and Stanford. And one of the big things that put this ad tech company on the map was a certain technology we developed while I was there. I did not listen. This was the data scientist. This was not me. I was the director of business development that was helped growing it, right? But the technology we developed was our ability to track something that then, this is where me and the marketing department were were involved, where we were like, ooh, what's this thing the data scientists are seeing, which is what we then got a catchy name for it, and we coined it dark social, okay? And what we're going to talk about today is dark. It's dark social. It's even beyond dark social, though. So dark social is from the ad tech company I worked for, the way that we defined it, it's the amount of private sharing people do, right? Like emailing or texting or messaging friends a link directly. And the company I used to work at, we had developed technology that allowed brands to track this and adjust their media spend to actually be targeting this whole dark social web. Because actually, the data shows that these quiet, this quiet, dark network of people that they weren't liking, they weren't commenting, but this dark, quiet network was where most buyers were actually coming from. So I want to say that again, because I spent years in this space, but if you've never been in that, and if your brain just wanted to shut off because you're like, she's going into complicated ad tech words, okay? <laughs> or maybe you've like run tiny ads on Facebook, but you're like, I don't know what this is. Let's talk about it this way. Okay. Social engagement. We can just call that social in the light. It's the stuff your eyes can see. People hearting a post. Someone tagging a friend in the comments of one of your posts. Someone sharing one of your posts in their stories and tagging you. Someone tagging your name as a referral in a Facebook group. Anything that your eyes as a human being can tangibly see, okay? But dark social is someone on your email list forwarding an email you wrote to five friends. You will never see that or know it happened. Dark social is someone sending a Facebook message to a friend recommending you and sending them the link to your website. But you will never see that interaction. Dark social is someone texting their friend a link to your Instagram and telling them to follow you. Those interactions, I promise you, we studied it quite extensively at the ad tech company I worked at, they're happening all the time. Your eyes cannot see and will not see any of them. But buyers are actually much more commonly created through dark social interactions, not the light ones your eyes can see. And that does not even take into account the things that us as an ad tech company, we could never even track, right? We, we could track literally the touch points of any digital thing they were doing on the web. We couldn't track when someone read a post and then they went to bed that night and just couldn't stop thinking about it right? With all the technology we had in the world, we couldn't track that. We couldn't track that the the five posts that someone was reading and then going off and talking to their husband about buying, right? That client has never clicked before, but all of those things are happening in the background in a way that you as the business owner will never be able to track. And let's be honest, I'm like, maybe there's some technology coming in the future that would track it. And I don't even know if I want to live in that world. Okay. So, for this though, going back to the dark social of what actual like ad tech companies can track, and if you ever wonder why your ad targeting is so good. <laughs> listen, I haven't been there for a while, but this was like probably 9 years ago when we were very advanced. When I tell people what we were doing 9 years ago like today, they're like, "Wait, you could do that?" Right? So, I'm going to share some of the stats from when I was working in this company. But I suspect it's been a handful of years, so the stats Will probably have changed, but I'm going to share them anyway because I do think they will probably still be similar. So according to a consumer study done back in 2014, 32% of people who share and recommend things online will only ever do it via dark social. So like private messages to friends, emails, et cetera. A third of people do not engage super socially on social media. They lurk and share privately. Dark social was actually the primary method of sharing in 19 different content categories that we studied. And we don't even need to dig into those because this is, at this point, an old study, right? But it's like we studied a lot of different content categories and we were like, oh, actually, the hungriest buyers were the ones that we would never be able to track through likes or comments or anything, right? From the data we were collecting at the ad tech company I worked at, about three quarters of all sharing was done through dark social and private sharing with only a fraction of sharing coming from the things you will ever see in the light of day as a business owner. Okay. Okay. Now, nine years ago, all of this data tracking we were able to do, this is like razor sharp, cutting edge insight in advertising and media. But in the past year or two, you've probably been seeing things that are a little bit more standard, like how on Instagram, you can now see the little like uh, airplane thing to show how that's dark social, right? It's showing you how many people have forwarded your content. You don't know who those people are. But it's, it's useful for you to see that, right? Or the number of people that have saved your posts. So that's an example of how some platforms are now integrating in something that would be considered dark social into their reporting to you, okay? And it is not just my old ad tech company who picked up on this trend and noticed how the vast majority of people just lurk, okay? Go Google the 1% rule of the internet and see what pops up. Or look up participation inequality, coined by the Nielsen Norman Group, which is one of the most reputable companies doing research on user experience and how humans actually interface with technology. They began findings of their study with the following. All large-scale multi-user communities and online social networks that rely on users to contribute content or build services share one property. Most users don't participate very much. Often, they simply lurk in the background. Then they go on to say, and they share their findings, user participation often more or less follows a 99 one rule. 90% of users are lurkers. They read or observe, but never contribute. 9% of users contribute from time to time, but other priorities dominate their time. of users participate a lot and account for most contributions. Okay. This is just the math of it, my friends. You know how everybody's always saying like, engage with people, social media is to be social. No, it's fucking not. Not for 90% of people who don't want to heart your post. They don't want to leave a comment. But guess what? that 90% of people, them not wanting to like or comment has nothing to do with whether or not they are intending to buy from you. Likes do not equal sales. Comments do not equal sales. Sales equals sales. Some of my richest friends have the quietest social media accounts because for whatever reason, probably as a reflection of who they are as people, Their audience tends to be made up of a large part of that 90% of people. My audience is very much that way. I have a very quiet audience and very hungry buyers, okay? And again, some of the noisiest, most engaged social media accounts have crickets running through their bank accounts. Even anecdotally, my friends and I who are in bigger businesses, we all kind of joke around about how there's like a handful of people they like they are liking every single post they comment for like years they're always there i have like two or three people i know like i just like know their name and they never buy right it's just become a joke because anecdotally for each of us some of the people that seem the most engaged through what our eyes can see like in terms of them hearting our posts and talking to us in the comments They are pretty consistently, almost always, the non-buyers, right? So if your brain thinks like what I'm seeing in engagement is somehow correlated to who's buying, it's a completely false equation. It has nothing to do with one another. And I cannot tell you how many people join my programs and they have like 10 times more likes and engagement than my account and are making very little money. And so the first thing we really all need to settle into is the false equations most businesses have in their mind. Most peep business owners, I need to say, have running in their minds, right? Like if they have a quiet audience, they start trying to focus on like, ooh, how do I get them to engage? How do I get them to like? How do I get likes and comments? How do I create content that gets likes and comments? That That is not necessarily at all the same thing as creating content that connects with hungry buyers. And let me say that again for the people in the back. If you have a quiet audience and you are now trying to focus on trying to figure out how to get people to quote-unquote like your stuff, how to get them to quote-unquote comment, how to increase engagement, you are focusing on the wrong problem. If your audience is quiet, if it doesn't engage much, it literally says nothing about how badly they want to buy right now. You might just have an audience that's part of that 90% of people that will just never like or comment, but they buy. This was so healing for me when I really settled into that because despite all of my years and experience in ad tech covering way bigger ad spends and media buys than these like Instagram influencers, when I left this large ad tech company and then entered digital entrepreneurship, all of a sudden, I like thought social media was somehow different. And so I would hear these people in my head being like, and listen, these probably were these were probably people making like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars a year. And here I am coming from like 141 million dollars per year ad tech company where we could literally see what was happening. And then I'm like not valuing my own expertise. And I'm listening to people being like, social media is social. If you're not getting one DM per comment, you're doing something wrong. If your people aren't talking, you're in trouble. Or, like all of the garbage trying to teach you how to point at words and reels to be quote unquote engaging. And my audience, even to this day, is very quiet. But guess what? So am I. That's how I buy. I follow people. I do not like, I do not comment. And when I'm ready, I happily push the buy now button and spend tens of thousands of dollars with no questions. Just a firm decision. And in the very beginning of my business, I tried a handful of times to do shit that really didn't feel like my style. Like, drop an emoji, do this thing that I just like know is like a tactic to increase engagement that yes, kind of impact reach, right? But at the end of the day, I'm just like, or I could just pay a few dollars and boost the post when we're launching and just like... Uh, It's like me trying to not allow my audience that like generally just tends to be quiet. I'm like trying to change them from how they like to engage and buy, which I don't like, listen, if you tell me to drop an emoji, I'm not going to, I'm not doing it. Right. And so if someone like put that in and they're like really trying to get engagement and then when they don't get people dropping emojis, they're like, oh man, now I really have a trouble, like now I really don't have engaged buyers. It's like, do you not have engaged buyers or do you just not have engaged engagers? because 90% of people still buy they just don't engage. Okay? I really I know it feels like I'm beating a dead horse, but I really want people to hear this because this holds so many people back from from showing up because they're not getting the external validation and they're not validating themselves and then their business stays so much smaller than it could be if they just recognize the facts of how business works. Okay? And listen, this was me too. I was like feeling bad in the beginning. I like my ego really did not like that I wasn't getting a certain number of likes and comments. But then it just sort of reached this point where I just was like, wait, maybe I learned some things from helping to scale an ad tech company, working with Fortune 500 brands on like multi-million dollar media plans. And maybe, just maybe, I know something that Susie Six Figures on Instagram doesn't know. I allowed myself to trust how irrelevant the social sharing we see is. The likes and engagement and comments and people tagging people says very, no correlation. It could depend on the texture of your audience, right? If you tend to have if just who you are, maybe the composition of your audience is much more that 9% of engagers. That's possible. 90% of people don't engage though. So listen, are we going to try to change people or are we just going to meet them where they are and let them buy? Here's the thing though, which was where I had trouble as a new small business owner. At the ad tech company I worked at, our data team could track the dark social. For our advertisers, we could see what creative, what copy, what pages on their website was getting the most private shares, and our data people could then get stuff down to like very creepy levels of knowing. (laughs) how warm a buyer was and then adjust what was happening so that we could stay in front of the warmest buyers, okay? Like in this company, I worked with like real legit data scientists that either they were coming to work for us in ad tech or they were going to work for Wall Street. They were the best of the best of the industry, okay? And then I come from there where I had a whole data team and we're like looking at this very large scale, finding really interesting patterns in media buying. And then I'm going to running my own business where I'm just like, I don't really know anything. (laughs) I don't really have much data in a business at the beginning. And so I didn't have a ton of data. And guess what you likely don't have in your business right now, even if you're in your like first six figures, probably a ton of data. And this brings me to my big second point, which is that I love you all and you're all brilliant, but a lot of you are not data scientists. And you're making up a lot of weird stories about what your numbers mean. I actually had a podcast on this a really long time ago, episode 25, called Data Doubt, where I really dive into this. But the big point here is I see a lot of new business owners thinking they're being smart. It's like, well, it's smart and responsible to look at my data and look at the metrics of my marketing and look at the email rates and all of it. But they actually don't know how to read and interpret the data in a way that is statistically significant. Listen, I'm not even a data scientist, but I've worked with enough of them to know, hearing them repeatedly. I would look at stuff and I'm like, oh, maybe it's this. And they're like, no, we don't have enough data to know if that's the cause of it. It's not like, it's not a large enough data set. It's not statistically significant enough. Okay. And so there's so many, so maybe you send an email, right? With a certain way of making an offer and you get a large number of unsubscribes and you think it's about the offer. But actually it was because you used the color orange in your images or because you used an unreadable font. And no, I have no idea or data on the color orange. I'm just making stuff up to make a point. A lot of you think because you had insecurity about something you went and did. And then when you see something in a certain number number of unsubscribes, you're like, oh, it was this. But you don't fucking know, right? So a lot of you are trying to interpret data with two dots make a line thinking, where if you're presented like, Most of the stuff that uh, we're looking at in smaller businesses, if you ever presented that to an actual data scientist, they would give you the like three dozen reasons your assumptions are wrong and the data doesn't show that at all. Oftentimes, we do not have a large enough data set to know if something is statistically significant enough, okay? And for those of you who are growing an audience and you actually have numbers where we can start to track that, we can totally look at that in the mastermind. But to this day, for a lot of my clients in their first like $100,000, looking at their data is not the highest, best use of their time. And like real talk for most people listening, the moment a person clicks the link to book a sales call or buy, that will be the first time they are ever visibly on your radar. It's the first time the quote unquote data will pick them up. I'm going to say that again. As a small business, the first time you will ever become aware of a buyer is the moment they click the buy button or book a call. Now we will talk about metrics you can begin tracking and how to troubleshoot. The mastermind has an entire section around evaluations, but I want you to really think about this. You know, we talked about how some of the people who comment the most or like all your stuff, the people who see most engaged are very rarely your buyers. Those people are also the ones Listen, and I know I've talked to so many of you. You're like, this person's clicking like half my emails. Can't tell you the number of people I coach with small enough audiences where they know the people by name. Like, ooh, Susie has clicked half the emails. And then all their time and energy is going into like thinking about like, huh, what do I have to say to Susie so that she buys? When in reality, there's 20 more people that never liked, never commented on your social media. And and then they've never clicked to buy until the moment they decisively decide to buy. Remember, data shows the vast, vast, vast majority of people are lurkers. They will show you no external indicator of how your posts are impacting them, how deeply they're starting to think about hiring you, how they've already spoken to their partner about it until the moment they click the button, which is the first time they ever show up on your radar as a business owner. How loud or quiet your audience is really does have nothing to do with how interested they are as buyers. I don't care that it's social media. Most people, 90%, the data shows, are not social on social media. They lurk. And you're not there to drink milkshakes with them and DM back and forth about how their Wednesday is going. You're there as a business to provide them value ahead of time and to inspire them towards action, which is hiring you. Okay? And you're providing them with all the quiet things that, like, they're not reaching out because they're part of the 90%. They're not going to like or comment, so your messaging has to be sharp. Because they will not, they're not going to be the ones that come out and ask the question. That will almost always be a one-way conversation from what your eyes can see. Social media can look very not social and still create a fuck ton of clients for you. I Seriously, I said it again in the beginning, but I want to say it again. I have clients with multiple six-figure businesses who have social media audiences that look like this. And so knowing that social engagement was irrelevant and had no correlation to who would buy... And then also knowing that as a small business owner, when I was in the beginning, I didn't have large enough data sets to reliably know basically anything, I had to ask myself, what can I control? And what I could control was increasing my messaging skill set and the quality of my thinking and the internal messaging of how I was speaking to myself. My ability to understand my ideal buyers and communicate in language that would connect with them. And would clearly convey the value of hiring me right then, not six months from now, but right then. That was the work of my external messaging. And one of the things I mentioned last week, if you listened to the episode with Heather, was how when I made this decision to get really great at messaging, I would print out my work every single Friday and evaluate it. And this is something for those of you joining Words or Wands, this is something I actually provide for you. You can print out your stuff and you will literally get the question-by-question step-by-step evaluation to find your messaging gaps. Because we all don't have, if you don't have an audience full of the 9% of engagers, you're just going to have 90% of people that aren't talking and they have lots of questions and it's your job to figure it out. The exact set of questions that I run through about whether or not my messaging is effective to troubleshoot when it's off the mark, right? That's all stuff I provide to you inside of the mastermind. Because a quiet audience doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong. And so you need to be able to continue refining your messaging with those weekly evaluations so that you know with certainty every single time you post that a segment of your people just moved closer to hiring you. So you need to be able to have the ability to evaluate your messaging and know where your gaps are. You need to be able to continually see, oh, I'm a few degrees off here. Let Let me tweak this. Or you're missing the mark a little bit. And then tweak that. And then the next week, implement those edits and thread that through your messaging. So you're you're really able to know these are the key things that deeply are connecting with potential clients. The weekly evaluations you'll do in the mastermind will be life-changing, like to watch how much your skill with messaging is increasing, and then to see that reflected back with more sales calls, more inquiries, more clients, and you get to keep that messaging skill set for the rest of your life as the wand you point at any single business strategy you use to make the strategy work. Words are wands. Messaging is magic. The lurkers buy, and it is so important you clean out also is where we get into the internal messaging, okay? Because knowing that like 90% of people are super quiet, then what you have to contend with is the weird garbage that your brain surfaces you about what the silence means, right? So that like, if we can keep that clear, then you can just get to work on nailing your messaging to potential clients and have you ushering in waves of new people rather than spinning in shame cycles about how not enough people are liking your posts and it's never, nobody's ever gonna buy and I don't even know. And you're gonna be like homeless on a bench, right? All of that is just weird garbage in your head that like you just need to be able to manage so that you're able to focus on the 90% of people that will not like and they won't comment, but they will buy. Okay. So to recap, your social engagement, your likes and comments have literally nothing to do with the hunger level of your buyers. Some of the most avid engaged people in your account will likely be the people who will never buy. They'll still be there four years from now, liking and commenting. Don't pay attention to those people. And listen, I know some of y'all are tracking, like, you know, their handles and you're like, "Ah." When are they going to drop in? Probably never. Probably never is the answer. There's actually probably 20 more people that have never given you any indication that are much closer to hiring you than whoever's liking or commenting every single one of your things. Okay? Or how about those three people on your list that click all the time and they never buy? I know those of you with smaller audiences, you're tracking, you're looking, you're like, who's clicking? Okay, it was Tammy. It was Brenda. And when are they going to buy? Okay. Don't hold your breath for them either. (laughs) The people who like and comment are the same as a lot of people that like click. It's like, it's, it's the same thing, right? Focus on the quiet, hungry buyers. I promise you they are there. And if you're trying to create content for likes, engagement, and comments, you are taking your focus off of what actually matters as a business, which is connecting with hungry buyers and creating clients. I cannot tell you the number of influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers and tens of of likes on every single post that are, they aren't even scraping like $50,000 a year. Likes and comments are like monopoly money. They're fun, but quite meaningless. Also, your data is likely quite meaningless unless you have tens of thousands of followers and tons of data streaming through your business every week in terms of views, impressions, etc. So if you're someone who obsesses over your data, you can go back and listen to episode 25 for more on that. But most small business owners, they're doing like, oh, I see these two dots here. So like, let me draw a line. And that's like really two dots do not make a line. And you have to be really careful with what you think your data is telling you if you do not have a data science degree, okay? So since people not liking and commenting isn't actually a problem at all, let's focus on what is the problem, Okay. Guess what happens when you're growing a business online and you're being brave and marketing yourself and putting yourself out there and you're not getting tons of likes and comments and external validation. All of your insecurity and your shit comes up. All of your insecurities of what you think, your worst fear of what you think the silence means. All of your fears of what people are thinking about you. All of your worries about why they're not buying but actually because 90% of people are quiet, they've never said boo to you. So all of that, that's just your shit. Because the actual math of how the internet and content works is that it's mostly silent, even social media. So it being quiet is actually not an issue. The issue is where your mind begins to loop and spin in the silence and then you stop showing up to market. And this is why inside Words or Wands, we aren't just focusing on the external messaging of what you're saying to your clients. Because so much of the game of entrepreneurship is you inside of your own mind and the internal messaging you are saying to yourself about how much people want what you offer, how close they are to buying. And a lot of you are spending time saying things to yourself like, I don't even know if I should be doing this. I don't know if I'm that good at this. Like things that literally, like, just not helpful, not helpful, right? They're just going to tank your self-confidence and excitement and have you showing up to your business less and less. I have friends making like a million dollars and their social media looks like crickets. And guess what? They aren't telling those stories to themselves. They're not making it mean anything about them. They're just posting knowing the lurkers by and they know it's going to work because their external messaging is sharp and their internal messaging to themselves is totally on point and has them showing up to do the external messaging. But where do your thoughts go in the silence? I have people that come for coaching saying they think the problem is their pricing is too high, and that's why people aren't booking. But then when we get into it, their pricing isn't even listed on their website, so we know 100% that's not the issue. But we then know that they have insecurity in their pricing, and that's impacting their ability to show up in their business, and so we clean that up. Where do your thoughts go when your audience is not as loud or engaged as you quote-unquote think they should be? to give you the external validation that would make you feel good? Do you tell yourself people aren't interested and they're not going to buy over and over and over again in loops? How's that impacting how often you want to show up to engage and post? Where do your thoughts go in the silence? What is your internal messaging to yourself and how is that impacting how you're showing up to grow your business? Most studies put the number of our thoughts per day between 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. 80% of those thoughts which are negative and 95% of those thoughts are exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. So in words or wands, we start to pull out, what are the looping thoughts you have about how badly people want or don't want to buy from you? What are the loops on how excited or not excited people are to pay you? What are the loops on how mind-blowing and life-changing working with you is? And then we get super crystal clear on what the tangible impact of those loops are in your business and what new loops need to be installed to get you to your desired revenue numbers, to get you to the point where you're able to show up consistently to connect with the quiet, hungry buyers. And then guess what happens when your internal messaging is solid and supportive and you stop speaking to yourself like an asshole, okay? Once that happens, your mind becomes clear. It becomes open in a really yummy way. And you have all of this magnificent time and energy and creativity and ideas and space to actually think about and focus on all your external messaging. What are new ideas? How could you, what's a new angle you could take something from? Which is your level of proficiency with how effectively you are able to clearly, concisely convey the value of your offer and hiring you to prospective clients in your messaging. Remember, clarity isn't measured by how much your post makes sense to you. Clarity is measured by how deeply and quickly it is clicking and landing with prospective clients. Remember, as a business, value exists in the mind of the buyer. Before they see the value, they are just a person reading your stuff. Once they see the value of your offer, they buy and become a buyer. And your messaging is what is responsible for conveying that value simply, clearly, and concisely in a way that deeply clicks and lands for the buyer. Initially, we'll measure this by the increase in number of sales calls booked or the outreach about working with you. And then as you get to the point where you're getting really close to fully booked and your calendar is starting to fill up, then having all the time to take to like, maybe you don't have time for so many sales calls. And that will then become the new bottleneck for your business. And so for every client I've ever had, even if they love sales calls, they actually really enjoy doing that, you're going to get to the point when you're signing so many clients that it's a bottleneck. It's, it's too much time on sales calls. And the next phase, if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, going through the different phases of messaging mastery, that next phase would then be sharpening your messaging and getting to the point where you don't even need those sales calls or conversations in the DMs because you've gotten so good in your messaging that people just want to buy which is when we can look at things like putting in filters, like applications to work with you. And for a lot of people in Words or Wands, this is where we're looking at things like creating new or more scalable offers, looking at if rate increases make sense depending on your brand and positioning, things like that, right? And so all of these things, I just want to end this by saying, like my intention with this is I cannot tell you the number of people that they don't show up to their business the way that the business wants them showing up to it because they make the quiet They make the lack of engagement mean something. And literally, the data does not support it meaning anything. So listen, if you're hearing this and you know this is your work and you really would love to be able to connect with more of those quiet, hungry buyers, applications for the November class of the Words or Wands Mastermind are open this week only, September 4th to the 8th. And you can head to www.katherinemorsoncoaching.com forward slash messaging to apply. There are hungry buyers in your audience right now, and I would love to help you connect with them. If you are loving what you are learning on the podcast and you're ready to cultivate and radiate your unique frequency out into the marketplace so that your audience stops the scroll, sees you, and drops in to buy... Your next step is joining us in the brand Alchemy Accelerator. Once you're energetically unbound, we take the work deeper as you prepare for the solopreneur to entrepreneur transition in the pleasure and precision mastermind, more deeply cultivating your energy and then learning to powerfully harness and direct it on the front end through the precision of your marketing and selling. And on the back end, through setting up a business that feels like it's holding you instead of you feeling like it's one more thing you have to take care of. Head to com to learn more.